truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Totters and Aaron McIntyre are here as well. 888-900-3393 is the number. Here at The Blaze, steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email the program. D-E-A-C-E, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Jam-packed show for you today. Our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, thankfully returns. It's been a couple of weeks. We look forward to Daniel being with us coming up at the very final segment of the program, so about an hour and a half from now. We're going to begin our weekly game of buy, sell, or hold here in about 30 minutes. This is where Aaron relies largely on you in the audience to provide the fodder for Todd and I to respond to. We're going to get to that coming up here in the very next segment. But before we get to all of that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the Democrat debate. I agreed with the great job she did. And I went on the floor and got you votes. I got votes for that bill. I convinced people to vote for it. So let's get those things straight, too. Senator Warren, do you want to respond? I am deeply grateful to President Obama, who fought so hard to make sure that agency was passed into law. And I am deeply grateful to every single person who fought for it and who helped pass it into law. But understand... You did a hell of a job in your job. Thank you. Joe, you talked about working with Republicans and getting things done. But you know what you also got done? And I say this as a good friend. You got the disastrous war in Iraq done. The question is, how, who's going to be able to get it done? How can you get it done? And I'm not suggesting they can't, but I'm suggesting that that's what we should look at. And part of that requires you not being vague. Just to clarify, Vice President, who are you saying is being vague? Well, the senator said she's being vague on the issue of actually both of them being vague on the issue of, uh, of the uh, uh, Medicare for all. Mayor Buttigieg, you say Senator Warren has been, quote, evasive about how she's going to pay for Medicare for all. What's your response? Well, we heard it tonight. A yes or no question that didn't get a yes or no answer. But this is why people here in the Midwest are so frustrated with Washington in general and Capitol Hill in particular. Exactly how are you going to take away weapons from people who do not want to give them up and you don't know where they are? If someone does not turn in an AR-15 or an AK-47, one of these weapons of war, or or brings it out in public and and brandishes it in an attempt to intimidate, as we saw when we were at Kent State uh, recently, then that weapon will be taken from them. Harris, your response? This is the sixth debate we have had in this presidential cycle and not nearly one word with all of these discussions about health care on women's access to reproductive health care, which is under full on attack in America today. And it's outrageous. There are states that have passed laws that will virtually prevent women from having access to reproductive health care. And it is not an exaggeration to say women will die 
So the way as president of the United States I'm going to deal with this is, first of all, elevating it like we have with other national crises to a White House level position. And I will create the office of reproductive freedom uh, and reproductive rights in the in the White House. News coming out of the debate, the so-called squad of Congresswomen Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Elon Omar and Rashida Tlaib are reportedly set to endorse Bernie Sanders. Beto O'Rourke continued to double down on his gun confiscation plan. I fully expect my fellow Americans to follow the law. You expect mass shooters to follow the law? Our fellow Americans will follow the law, yes. Congressman, um, mass shooters don't follow, by definition, million. the mass shooters in Parkland, in El Paso, I could go on for 10 minutes. They don't follow the law, by definition. There are so many instances where the proposals that we've made, whether it is a universal background check or a red flag law or ending the sale of weapons of war or buying those that are out there back would have stopped many of the shootings that we see in a country. And I think that what what uh, Mayor Buttigieg was saying, yeah, this it's obviously think high, aim, you know, shoot for something aspirational. But it doesn't make sense that people are going to hand over their assault weapons if they're mass shooters, if they want to do harm to people, they're not going to follow the law. So then what's your plan? Yeah. So I, I don't know that you make any law or stop making any law because you fear that some people will not follow the law. This commercial ran several times during last night's debate. At least the Democrats know their audience. Hi, I'm Ron Reagan, an unabashed atheist, and I'm alarmed by the intrusions of religion into our secular government. Please support the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Ron Reagan, lifelong atheist, not afraid of burning in hell. In other news, LeBron James has decided he just wants to shut up and dribble after all. I feel like I talked about it yesterday. Uh, I tweeted out a couple of responses to people not understanding you know, my knowledge of what it came from from my brain and, and, and for me learning from the situation. I'm talking about it now, and uh, I probably won't talk about it again um, because I'll be cheating my teammates by continuing to harp on something that won't benefit us, uh, you know, trying to win a championship because that's what we're here for. And finally, always keep your head on a swivel. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at ExpressVPN. Wouldn't it be nice if search engines and social media sites were unbiased platforms that didn't choose a side politically? Yeah, I keep dreaming. Uh, in 2016, the tech elites at Google even bragged about donating millions of dollars to Hillary Clinton. Now, these big tech companies uh, that push their political agenda and restrict free speech rights of conservatives, you know, the very same corporations that we're trusting to handle our personal data online. Now, I don't want them using my web history, email metadata, or video searches against me. That's why I use ExpressVPN Every time I go online, big tech companies can match your internet activity to your identity or location using your public IP address. But when I use ExpressVPN, these tech companies can't see my IP address at all. My identity is masked and anonymized by a secure VPN server. Plus, ExpressVPN has the additional benefit of encrypting 100% of your data. That's all of it uh, to keep you safe from hackers and internet bad guys. So if you're like me and think your data online belongs to you and not hackers or big tech 
um, then ExpressVPN is the answer. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months for free at expressvpn.com slash Steve. That's right. Three months for free with a one-year package. Three months free for a one year pa- with a one year package at expressvpn.com. Easy for me to say. Expressvpn.com slash Steve. Again, that's expressvpn.com slash Steve. Before we get to your montage, I, I need to make a correction from yesterday. I had no idea so many people in our audience have seen the movie Kingsman. And frankly, I am a little disturbed. Having seen it myself, I am a little disturbed by that. I am not kidding you. I probably have received 50 emails about this, either emails or notes on Facebook. Okay? So, I'm a little, I'm a little disturbed by that. Uh, but, nevertheless, I did get something wrong yesterday when we were discussing that film during Pop Culture Tuesday because I was talking about how ironic it was that this film ever got made because the villains were who? Samuel L. Jackson was leading essentially a group of progressive elites that were going to wipe out uh, the downtrodden, meeting people not as uh, beautiful, smart, and enlightened as them uh, in order to avoid the coming climate catastrophe and then reboot humanity, humanity in their own image, right? And I mentioned that scene in the church that Colin Firth's character, one of the Kingsmen, goes in there and kills all those people. Here's what I forgot to tell you. I totally forgot about this, and it's my bad. He's actually under the mind control of Samuel L. Jackson's progressive elitist. He, go, he forces him to go in there and do it essentially against his will. All right, so even in that scene where they go in there and blow up the snake-charming Westboro cult people, even that is a scene that is orchestrated by uh, the bad guy. Which further makes you wonder how that movie ever got made with that plot line, okay? But that's an important distinction you guys now, 50 is enough, all right? Uh, to quote another uh, movie that's actually far better and more successful, let it go, all right? I've made my correction. You're not the first one. In fact, you're the 51st one to let me know about this, all right? But it is an important distinction and correction to make because it, it, I think it further enhances the point we were trying to make about that whole conversation yesterday, all right? So let's move on. Um, let's get to the montage where, boy, there is, there is a worldview cornucopia in this montage today. I could do whole shows about four of these topics, at least talk, go, go full LeBron and talk about the thoughts that come from your brain. You're an a-hole. All right. It's not that we didn't understand your thoughts. It's that you're an a-hole. That's what it is. So All bad. Right? And apparently, as Aaron says, he does want to shut up and dribble after all. It's what we talked about yesterday. Yeah. They're, le- they're beginning to learn this stuff is going to crush them. Now, they won't be able to stay away in mass. But you're watching now. He has to, he's, his retreat, and it's hurting his team. And I saw, I saw some numbers today. I mean, the NBA has, has seen a steeper decline in its value and revenues and attendance and fan base than any other pro sports league in North America in the last decade or so. And now you know why they're so desperate to get into the Chinese market because they see that as future customers for them. But this actually goes along with the squad. So let's tie these two things together. Okay. So here you have 
you know, we had that crazy, well, let me be specific because it is Rashida Tlaib. Every video of her is crazed. We had the one crazed video of her lecturing the black police chief of Detroit about racial bias. What was that like a couple of weeks ago you had that, Aaron, correct? Yeah, that's yeah. correct. And it was her It was her lecturing the black police chief of Detroit about racial yes. bias, correct? Yep. And he looks at her and says, I don't know, I kind of just uh, trust people on the basis of their criminal record and their character, not the color of their skin. And then she turns to him and says, yeah, but there is inherent racial bias. And he's like, you know, whatever, broad. Right? That was the clip we're talking yeah. about here? Okay. What you've learned uh, from them all standing up and endorsing the oldest straight white male running for president in either party, Bernie Sanders. He is the oldest straight white male. He literally is, is a days off a gurney in a hospital with a heart attack. And, and here we have three women of color all going out and endorsing the oldest straight white male in this race. What is the message there? It's the same message for NBA woke Yes, I, I cannot believe, Steve Kerr, cannot believe the NFL's Byzantine and draconian anthem policy when the league he is in has the strictest of them all. You're not allowed any conscience at all. The rule in the NBA is everybody stands and shuts up and dribbles. That's the rule. That's the anthem rule in the NBA. But he can't wait to genuflect to the woke gods about the NFL's policy and how racist it is. LeBron James suddenly, I, yeah, we have free speech, but y- you can't use your free, I can use my free speech to tell you you're a racist for disagreeing with me, but you cannot use your free speech to deny me the next half billion dollars I believe that I am owed from the Shycoms. The era of, of dudes have periods feminism. And Chelsea Clinton says, yes, you can have a penis and a beard. She said this yesterday or two days ago. You can have a penis and a beard and be a woman. Feminism. And in the very next breath, she'll tell you, I'm a feminist. And even her mom, a congenital liar, not even a professional, congenital. It's a birth condition for Hillary Clinton. All right. She lies to lie. It's the air she breathes. And when asked, can a dude with a beard and a penis be a woman, even she's like, well, Chelsea's all like, word. You bet she can, or he, or they. Yes. And now we have three women of color endorsing the oldest straight white male running for president. When there are plenty of other disadvantaged minorities running. There's a gay guy. There's other women. There's a black woman, in fact, running. There's a black dude of, shall we say, Lindsey Graham uh, uh, tastes. Is that okay, you think? Sure. Okay, how about Lindsey Graham level ambiguity? You think that's safer? Yeah. Is that better? Okay. I mean, there's all kinds of other options to choose from. And yet they choose the oldest straight white male. For the same reasons LeBron James chooses to side with China over you for the same reason feminists look the other way when actual girls are having opportunities denied of them by women or by men, I should say. See, I can't even keep it damn straight now, right? But it's all the same reasonings. They don't believe in any of this. 
This, this has never been about identity politics. It's about ideology. Why are they endorsing Bernie Sanders? Because he's the most Soviet, iconoclastic candidate in the race. Because he's the, he's the most proven agent of, deconstru- of, of Western deconstructionism. That's why. Because the dude took his honeymoon to the Soviet Union as it was collapsing. That's why. Because they're not women of color. They're communists. They're Marxists. This has nothing to do with identity, and it never did. This is all a lie. It's a common Soviet agate prop technique. In the West, we often use the word demagoguery to describe this. And this is, this is, this is whatever I can wield to deconstruct you as a person so that your argument doesn't have to be considered on the merits. There's a guy, there's a major journalist on Twitter right now arguing that it is sexist to demand Elizabeth Warren tell us how she can pay for her plans. This is how a cult acts. How dare you question the cult leader? Well, why is he the cult leader? Because he's the leader of the cult. Well, how did he get to lead the cult? Because he's the cult leader. How dare you question him? You are the other. And it's not because you're white. Or it's not because you're a male. It's because you believe differently than them. Be a straight white male, be a one-woman man. How long has Bernie Sanders been married to his wife? Decades. Multi-millionaire with three homes. He, is, he, he literally is the 1%. We had this conversation with, Brad, with Bradford Wilcox yesterday about these elite progressives who live values different from what they preach. Uh, Bernie Sanders, Exhibit A. One-woman man. Multi-millionaire. Waving his hands in the air like it's St. Petersburg Square, November of 17, 1917. This is all about one thing and one thing only. And it's not about racism, and it's not about feminism, and it's not about homophobia or xenophobia or anything else. It's about power. Power. And don't you ever forget that. It's only about that. Power with a clenched fist. That's it. And you can be gay as the day is long and sunny. But if your name's Richard Grinnell and you're Donald Trump's German ambassador, you're a homophobe. If your name's Dave Rubin, you're a homophobe. And you can be black from the minute you were born. And if your name's John Miller, you're an Uncle Tom. You're a racist. This isn't about anything other than power. That's all it's about. And that's all it's ever been about. Drive through these predominantly black neighborhoods that vote for these leftist election after election. They're some of the worst, most tragic neighborhoods in America. Yes, 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 Guatemalan and Honduran. Yes, come to the U.S. Open borders. Yes, yes, yes. 
right into the arms of the waiting human traffickers waiting to rape and kidnap your wife and daughters. Yes, we don't care about you. Only care when you can become a statistic or a talking point for the acquisition of power. That's all that this is about. And that's all Marxism has ever been about. Power. It's not about anything else other than that. So let's have a one woman, 1% millionaire, oldest straight white male running in this race, and the squad women of color running for Congress in order to acquire agency for the downtrodden will endorse him with numerous other options out there for identity politics. Identity politics is a lie. They don't even believe it. This is all a lie. It's only about power. Putting a dude with a beard and a penis in a UFC ring with a woman helps them acquire power. Putting a dude with a beard and a penis on a track with a chick helps them acquire power. Letting streams of illegals come here in order to be uh, used up as drug mules, raped, abused by drug cartels, helps them acquire power. Keeping ghettos of predominantly black neighborhoods and decades upon decades upon decades of dysfunction so that even the city of Baltimore is known more for its super rats than its Orioles helps them acquire power. That's all this is about. It's all it's ever been about. And don't believe anything else. Power. That's all it's about. Power over you for daring to believe differently. That's what it's about. How they're endorsing Bernie Sanders now. His campaign is in a free fall. It's over, folks. I think he went like an hour and a half without talking last night. He's polling in single digits in Iowa, a state that he basically won over Hillary Clinton. They had to concoct a tie to save face for, 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 for Hillary. All right? And he's polling in single digits right now. He's polling in, in single digits in New Hampshire right now. It's one of his neighboring states. His campaign is over. And they're out there endorsing him right now. Because they don't care about identity politics either. They only care about the ideology. That's it. That's all they've ever cared about. The argument that Allison Camerata there on CNN is using against Beta O'Rourke could be used against every single gun control argument that CNN has pushed in the last several years. Allison, why do you believe a mass shooter is going to turn in his AR-15? Allison, why do you believe a mass shooter is going to turn in his bump stock? I'll take why I don't get invited on panels anymore for $1,000, Alex, because that's what I'd ask. Uh, Somebody do something about the guns, the guns. Beto's like, all right, let's take this to its most logical conclusion. Let's take all the guns. And now suddenly Allison is like, well, you know, why would you expect deranged mass shooters to obey your gun ban? And the pregnant pause there, because somewhere in Beto's subconscious, he's, he's being told, um, I was told there wasn't going to be any journalism on this test. Why, why haven't they asked these questions of Democrats for the last 25 years? 
The same, the same logic applies in every gun control argument. Why would you expect those who mean to do evil to obey any gun restriction for that matter? Why? Do you know the answer to that, Todd? No. No. Aaron, do you know? No. You want to talk about a cell phone? That might be the most self-owning clip I have seen from the media in my career. Allison Camerata literally undermines every gun control argument ever. At the expense of poor Beto, who's only taking their gun control arguments to their logical conclusion. The guns are bad. Take the guns off the street. Well, why would you expect? You want to know why your kids have so much damn bullying in their schools nowadays? I'll tell you why. Because you've applied gun control policy to school bullying. That's exactly right. Because when a kid tried to bully me up the road at Lincoln High School, I beat the living hell out of him right there in gym class, and the teacher let me do it. Until it got to the point that I could hurt him, and then he broke it up. And we moved on. Law of the jungle. Think think Nick ever tried to bully me ever again after I did that? What do you think the answer to that is, Doc? No. And do you think anybody else tried after I did that? No. That's how we used to roll. That's how we used to handle things. But now, again, the only people obeying the anti-bullying, well, you know, it's, 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 not, it's unconditional. We can't hear anybody. Do you, think, do you think the punk-ass bully cares that there's this, oh, you know what, man? I was going to rob you of your milk money. I was going to make you lick my boots. But there's a sign up there in the hall in the school that says no bullying. And I'm like, crap. All right, maybe next time. Maybe next school year if they change the rules around here. It's dumb. And this is why you've got so much bullying in schools. You know why? Because there's not enough of this when you try it. That's why. That's why. That's why you don't have enough. And you put the only time that one of the few times in my life Dave Dace was remotely a father is when a kid named Jeff Edgerly tried to bully me in the eighth grade choir room at Jackson Park Junior High. And I beat the hell out of him in that class. And then they gave me more of a, a suspension than him because they wanted him to, you know, keep they, the school was proud of his perfect attendance record. And if he got so many days of in-house suspension, it would wreck his record. And boy, that's the only time Dave fired off that couch, put out his blunt, fired off that couch, jumped in the Ram charger, went up to that school, went up to that school and Ray and, and, and I don't even remember the principal's name. I, I, I thought Dave was going to kill him. And at that point in my life, if David asked me to run through a wall for him, I'd have done it right then. Finally, a dad. See, that's how we used to handle things. So the bullies just bully you. That's the same argument Allison Kenamara is making here. And it works on every gun control argument. Now the question is, do you think she realizes this? Or do you think that they're... That, that, they're just so scared that Beto is killing them for next year right now that they're trying to silence him. And they're not even thinking through the fact they're, they're, they're so, sowing the seed of every argument against gun control ever. Which do you guys think it is? The latter. Do you think it's the latter? They even thought it through? What do you think, Todd? Have they thought it through? Do they, do, do, does, they do, have do, a different do, version of what thinking it through means. So had they thought it through beyond we've got to stop Beto from saying these things, he's killing us, what he's putting on tape. Do, you, do, they think, do, they, do they understand that at some point next year, Donald Trump's going to say this to them in a campaign? Why, was, why isn't that an like, argument? Why would, why, would, why would criminals believe any gun control ban that we would try then? Do they understand that? Or do they just not care? They don't care. This is what I said yesterday. So you think they, they do understand it, but don't care? They don't care, but you, 
you ultimately got done saying why because this is about power and it's a game that they've been winning and they have small setbacks but they regroup and they always come back and they whittle away like water against a rock and it doesn't take millennia i mean look how far we've come and i mean that in the worst way possible in about a decade man we believe all kinds of nonsense that 10 years ago many of the men would have said uh no come over here pow not anymore those men well i guess this is just the david french the price of freedom is drag queen story hour that's who we are now what do you think aaron now that you heard todd disagree oh i i mean these people are um are situational ethic People, so they they they're just reacting to stuff. So when I say think things through, I, it's just like uh, we got to shut this guy up. We got to make him look like a pariah, and then we'll actually get back to the uh, long, slow march uh, through through through, yeah. through the uh, Bill of Rights. Yeah, that's a, that's that's kind of so what I think. It yeah, is. yeah, okay, because you're both right then. Yeah, because that's that I do think they have thought it through to that level, which is this is way this is, he's being way too honest here. And he's too far afield. This is a bridge too far for most people. And we're going to blow this election unless we do what you just described, which is slowly, slowly have the waves crash against the rock so that sooner or later, the culture warrior writer, formerly at National Review, ends up actually saying we have to tolerate the stuff that five or 10 years ago, he would have said, "This our culture is over if we allow we're, this beachhead to ever be established. We're all right, but this is what I talk about. It, it ta- it's hard to listen to these crazy voices in your head and decipher where they go. So this is iron sharpening iron. We're trying, man. All right, when we come back... Buy, sell, or hold. Who knows what topics we will get to when we open up uh, Aaron's Twitter account and let you determine what you want Todd and I to talk about. That is coming up next right here, live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Stay tuned. to get to buy, sell, or hold brought to you by our friends at realestateagentsitrust.com. If you want to take advantage of plunging mortgage rates and a strong economy, it's a great time to do so as the weather's getting chillier and that winter real estate slowdown is about to hit. That means buyers that are looking to make a move might be willing uh, to pay more of a premium to get into a home before winter hits. If you are on the other end of that, sellers might be willing to take a smaller deal in order to get out of that home before winter hits. So that's the, the timing couldn't be better with all those three things in mind, but make sure you go in there with a real estate agent that you can trust. Don't take it for granted, especially with these referral services that are often about finding agents for clients, as opposed to finding a cl- an agent worthy of having you for a client. And that's where real estate agents. I trust.com is different from a lot of the others out there. Uh, you don't get on there listed as an agent unless you have been fully vetted and proven to have a successful track record in your career, that you understand marketing plans entail more than I'll call you when there's a home in your price range or let's do another open house if you're on the selling side. And they get professional courtesy. They stay in touch. They communicate with you. They put your needs first ahead of their schedule and convenience. So if you are looking for an agent that checks all three of those boxes, go to this website right now. Real Estate Agents I Trust. Trust.com. That's real estate agents. I trust.com. And now it is time for buy, sell, or hold our weekly midweek game. 
where Aaron, with a lot of help from his friends, you out in the audience, puts forth for you and I, Todd, a series of statements, predictions. We are asked, are we buying that? Are we selling that? Could be on a plethora of topics. Once per show, we are permitted to put a hold, but if it's for any reason other than the complete and total lameness of what we're being asked to comment upon, you will be mocked and scorned. Even You might even have to suffer through being scourged by the likes of Beta O'Rourke. That's how humiliated you should feel for punking out. You ready to go? Always. Let's go. All right. Uh, this first one is from me, and it has nothing to do with what we were talking about during the break, which shall remain during the break. Uh, in a field, in a, in a potential field where one Tulsi Gabbard has an R after her name, but basically believes the same stuff yet has the same rhetoric as she does now. In a, in a Republican primary field of, let's say, Dan Crenshaw, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Ben Sass, and herself, buy, sell, or hold, she would be in the top two. Sell. Sell. I disagree. Sell. I think we are that shallow. Sell. I, I think, now, I'll tell you this, I think she'd be a very potent Democratic nominee. And she could have all those exact same positions she has now. But first of all, it's a visual package and she's a smoke show. Let's just be honest. So that helps. Number one, particularly against, you know, you know, a a guy hitting close to 80 years old on the other side. But she has enough of their left lefty whack job positions, but she she doesn't hate you in spite of it or at least she's good who knows if she does or not she's good at communicating that you know last night saying stuff like you know it seems like you guys tried impeaching trump after we got an election result we didn't like um you know you have to you can't just assume everybody you you disagree that disagrees with you is a hater she's a veteran now there's some problematic things with her okay the assad connections and stuff like that now she's claiming that those are smear jobs by the left but there's plenty of conservative media that would be pointing those kinds of things out as well she's way too left to be a nominee openly left to be a nominee now now i'll say this could she pull a full romney could she could she switch parties in 2024 now here's a buy seller hold for you could tulsi gabbard switch parties in 2024 and just abandon all of those positions she's had on all those issues in her entire yeah, career, like a Romney. Buy. Buy yeah, that. Buy. I'll buy that. Me yeah, too. I will buy that. Then we'd be told, woman, candidate, peop, crossover appeal, right? And the, and the, you know, the same National Review types who try to tell us, you know, that you, the only reason to look at Mitt Romney's record as a governor of Massachusetts is you're anti-Mormon, right? I went through all of that garbage 10 years ago. All those people would come out in full force. Um, you know, they'd be like Sir Francis Drake laying their, their, their trench coats over puddles for, for, for Queen Elizabeth. Okay. They, they couldn't get themselves enough then, but she'd have to do something that craven. She would, she would have to claim she's abandoned all of those positions. And then once in office, she could just screw you on all those positions. And we'd be told that we have to go along with it because the Democrats are worse, right? That's the, that's the age old scam. She should do this. But in her current iteration, no, she would not be a factor in the Republican race. Agreed. If if you had changed one thing, you, you said, Aaron, pretty much the same. If you had said, except for she's fully pro-life right now, yeah. uh, then you would have had me. That's in even the, better. In, in, the in fact, she moment. could keep all those other positions if she just, if she even, and yeah. if she wasn't pro-life, but if she just gave lip service to it, yeah. claimed that she was pro-life That's and, what I was and named 17 yeah. exceptions. Well, I'm pro-life with uh, 17 exceptions. Um, then, then I think even just that one change might do it. Yeah, and I I tweeted back at her months ago to, uh, because she was 
pro-life and pro-traditional marriage. Yeah, remember it, the it, initial it, attack it, against her is that she was for "quote unquote" conversion therapies. Right. All right, that that was the initial attack against her. Remember that. So and um and and she had to you know deal with that right away early in her candidacy. Yeah. Yep. This first one is real mean, but I want to do it and I want us to take it seriously. Russ Donald says seventy percent of NBA players and fans couldn't find China or Hong Kong on a map. Buy. I'll buy Hong Kong for sure. Hong Kong for sure. Yep. Yeah, I'll buy that for sure. Yeah. China is kind of a hard landmass yeah. to miss, yep. right? But um, I still think you'd be maybe 30 or 40% couldn't do it, yeah. right? And the spirit of your question? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, the, who was that again? Russ Donald. Yes. Uh, muy bien. Since we haven't had speaking Spanish today, Russ, we'll, uh, we'll use it uh, on your behalf. Muy bien. That, that's... Um, that's cash money, homie. Yep. That's what that is. Yep. Uh, moving on, Nicholas Knack says this debate was so bad, Hillary could run as a Republican in the general and beat any of them. Let's kind of change that a little bit. Let's say Hillary Clinton magically becomes the Republican nominee. She could beat anybody on that stage. Sell. Sell. She's that damaged. Guys, we, we just had a guy get an elected president with a minus 20 favorable. Why? Because her net favorable was like minus 35. All right. She's this damaged. People don't like her. There's no label. No label by which I believe she could be elected president. None. None. And, right. and remember, this is one of the reasons why I've, I've come to terms with why somebody as also damaged in her own way as Elizabeth Warren has been resurrected is because they... A lot of people feel they need to fix what happened yeah. with Hillary Clinton. Yes, we had the we, we checked the box. We had the first black yeah. president. We were supposed to have right. the first woman won. Hillary's damagedness uh disrupted that. So mm-hmm. we're gonna have a we're gonna have a makeover, so to speak. Constitutional A-hole says Jerry Jones will fire <laughs> Jason Garrett before Michigan fires Harbaugh by. Uh, I'll buy because I don't think Michigan would ever have to fire right. Harbaugh. I, I think if if the if the Michigan season plummets, he'll this year or next, uh, he'll walk away. He won't he won't put his alma mater that's paid him that much money. He won't he won't put him in that kind of a situation. There's there's not going to be some kind of internal feud, bitter divorce, especially because he could have two or three NFL jobs in ten minutes if he wanted them. It's not like this is the end of his career. And he rebuilt the program. He just, you know, I mean, he's 43 and 15. It's just the, the most hollow 43 and 15 you could possibly have. You know, I mean, one, he's won all the games except the ones that the, 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 the 15 that matter the most. <laughs> all right. So the program is in better shape. Um, he's a proud alum. He wouldn't, he, he would not allow it to come to that. He would just, he'd say, you know what? I, I, I did the best I could. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'll see you on Sunday afternoons now. All right, where I still got to get back at my brother for beating me in the Super Bowl. So it's a buy for sure because of that. I think that's right. But were it not for Steve's connection to Michigan and understanding that once he started talking, I, but it was closer in my mind the first five seconds before you started talking. And I think most of the country would think it's a closer argument. Yes. And I think it's true yeah. because of what you know. Yeah. But it speaks to what you said about Michigan and the issues it's having. Yeah. 
Yeah, but there's a, this is a unique relationship here. Yeah. You have you have you have one of your most popular living alums. I mean, he was third for the Heisman Trophy. He never lost to Ohio State. Um, you know, took his team, won the Big Ten title, and took him to the Rose Bowl after guaranteeing a win against Ohio. I mean, he had the dream senior year. You know, um, and he's been successful everywhere he's gone. So this is a this is a unique situation. Jim's not going to just sit there and go seven and five, eight and four. I if 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 he re, if he I I really believe, and I believe this also based on some people I've talked to that. If this season tanks, I think there is a reasonable possibility he will just walk away in the friendliest way possible so it would not deteriorate further on his watch. Now, if this season tanks, set aside your understandable emotion, what does that mean for Jim now? At Michigan, anything anything below 8-4 and would be considered a tanking. And 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 8-4 is right on the border. I mean, I, like if eight and four includes we lost to Ohio State, Penn State, and 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 Notre Dame in all of those three big games, uh, or or you know we lost the three rivalry games to to you know we lost to, to Michigan State at home. It, 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 it's not it's not a set number because let's say they go eight and they went eight and four and they upset Ohio State at the end of the year. Are you going to hire? Is Jim Harbaugh going to walk away? That's an obvious no. exception. No, He's not no, no. But it, let's say you're. Let's say you're eight and four, but that last loss to Ohio State is forty thousand scarlet and gray fans in your stadium on national TV. So you're eight and four, but it, that yeah, last, yeah. you know what I'm saying? No, I do. So it's it's, it's, it's it, there's there's more nuance to it yeah. than that. All right, moving on. Ted Nuss says Donald Trump's online gamer handle is Leroy Jenkins. Sell, Bye. sell. Dirk Diggler is what I believe it is. I believe it's Dirk Diggler. So I'm going to sell. Doesn't he already have that guy that he made up a decade ago? Oh, the phone? yeah. Oh, yeah, what's, oh, what's that, that guy's, guy's name? name? John. Um, yeah. Oh, man. He's already you, for those of you that don't remember, look it up, Aaron, while Donald I tell the story. Trump alias. Trump used to pretend he'd get on the phone. With like used the, to? We, <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> he'd get on the phone with like near, the New John York Post. John Barron. Yeah, yes. New York Post, page six, and other you know, publicity uh, society pages uh, there in New York City. And he would pretend to be his uh, press agent, John Barron. Isn't that his son's name, Barron? Yeah. Barron is his son's <laughs> name. He named his son after, after his, his fictional alias. character? Yes, I think I think the spelling's even the same. <laughs> B-A-R-R-O-N. So great. Yes. So <laughs> great. <laughs> I never made that connection before. Wow. So he created this. All, this is all true, folks. I mean, there's tapes and recordings of this. We've played it okay. on the show. Yes. Once. I mean, this is not. This is not anonymous sources. This is. This is all legit. This is. This is gospel truth. He created an alter ego named John Barron, who claimed to be Trump's PR agent, but it's actually Trump. All right. And he would like call and like leak favorable stories and stuff to the society pages and uh, and and page six of the New York Post and others, you know, or or vent against uh, people within New York high society that Trump didn't like. And he used this alter ego. It was like his. It was like a human burner account, you know. And that, that's what he had. We, the person we played was like onto him, but was still like didn't have the guts to full on call him out. And he's like, no, I'm just that clever dolphin. You're that land shark. Right? No, I'm a clever dolphin, man. Right. And you can tell it's his voice. I mean, yeah. he's trying oh, yeah. to like speak in a different tone. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> yes, but you can. Yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely him. Yes. Oh, so that sure. I had forgotten that story. Wow. That's an uh, that's an all timer. Yeah, that story. Yeah. And then the fact your son has the same name and it's spelled the same way. Wow. 
Oh, the rich. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Tim says Aaron will come up with a buy, sell, hold questions once this year with no audience participation. Sell, sell. Buy, I already did it. When? Uh, the, uh, the, the top 20 relocation mis- mistresses. That was the whole buy, sell, or hold that week? Yep. It really was? Yeah. I think there's only one segment. But Okay. All right. Well, then I guess I got to buy. I totally forgot about that. Okay. I just did that to set both of you guys up. That's all. Okay. AU Tiger Fan 89 says, there will be an evangelical Christian on the U.S. Supreme Court in the next 15 years. Sell. Yep. I don't think there will ever be one on the U.S. Supreme Court. Hmm. Ever. Um, I think you have a limited window to put one on right now. Uh, but... And then after that, given where we are heading right now, where uh, the left wants you disqualified, there's if you hold on to any biblical um, uh, norm- normalcy, um, no, I, I don't think you'll ever see it. Wow. And, and I think the Republican Party has no interest in fighting for you on that level uh, at all. At all. I think that's why I said there's a limited window right now. I do think... I do think, you know, if um, the right people brought an evangelical Supreme Court just judge nominee to Trump, that would help him politically. I think he would do it because that's all Trump really cares about is what's going to either cause him the most amount of uh, uh, pleasure or the least amount of pain. All right. He's totally utilitarian about these things. But then after he goes away, I think what's coming like if you had an like, let's say Mike Pence were to become president, zero percent chance. No way. No, I mean, he's going to go out there and he's going to try to find, because this is how the Republican Party operates. He's going to try to find a, a, a Muslim, pansexual, vegan, lizard, cons- person. lizard person with a conservative record to show, I'm not a hater. That's how the party operates. That's why the guy who's not a Christian and brags about not ever asking God for forgiveness, that's why he's the most likely to put an evangelical on the Supreme Court. And, um, and so one exception, somebody like Ted Cruz became president. And so whatever you think the odds, him or someone like him, could be president in the next 10 to 15 years, that's your own, those are the odds that that could happen. So if you think it's 10, 15%, those are the odds. I, what was the, did you buy or sell based on? Sell, because I don't sell. think okay, it'll ever happen. You don't, yeah. I'll, I'll buy, and I don't, I can't argue with that reasoning. But if there's a, if there's a guy, I mean, we're basically talking about Russ vote, Right. And yeah, and if you think if you think a judge after, instead you, of as a yes, but, but he's yeah. but he he the way he answered was um, not he 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 didn't pull punches, but he's the kind of guy that is just understated. I mean, it seems like isn't there that guy nope. out there to no, do that? No, I mean, look what they did to him to be the second no, I know. in charge I know. at the budget. You think the Republican Party wants to wage a national war like that? They're much more comfortable with fake rape allegations. Well, aren't trust they going to do it with Amy Comey Barrett? No. Well, they well they well they are, but they're okay with it because she's female and Catholic. And so you think the cat? Okay, well I'm asking you. You yeah, think because the Catholic and here's why. Here, 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 that- yeah, yeah, and here's why. Probably not for the reasons that you might think that I'm going to say it. Okay, the reason why is because what every other conservative that's been on the court in our lifetimes has been a what? Well, the they've all been Catholics. Catholics. Yeah. Thomas Alito, yeah. um, uh, uh, Scalia. All right, they're all Catholics, and so there's a precedent there where you don't have to forge new ground. You know what I'm saying? You, there's a there, there's a playbook that you can use in other places that have been used to put those people on the court. And evangelical is is a whole new uh, def- offensive scheme that they don't want to they don't want to go cl- come close to trying to okay. install. No. 
All righty, moving on. Bill Kendall says Reese's Cups are inferior to Reese's Pumpkins, Christmas trees, and eggs. I buy this, and you hear, and here's why: because of the the shape of the consistency, it does the peanut butter does pack better together in there. I know what you're saying. Who was that? Bill Kendall. Bill, I, I'm I'm feeling you, dog. In the words of the great a hole LeBron James, I'm feeling you right here out of my brain. You're right. The consistency of the different shapes, the way the peanut butter compacts in there, I'm totally feeling. I'm on you and I right now, Bill. Right now, sharing a brain. Word. Bye. Why, Bill? Why? Any? I mean, you have cornucopia things to talk about. Don't poke the bear. Hey, if you're one of millions of Americans struggling like Todd is right now with yes. chronic pain. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Not because of the ability to dissect uh, Reese's peanut butter cups in all of its uh, glorious forms, but because of inflammation in the body, Relief might be one website click away. It's called Relief Factor. I use this on a daily basis and swear by it. What I love about it the most, 100% drug-free, even though its four-key natural ingredient formula was devised by physicians who understand that if you help the body, it was created in order to push back on inflammation rather than just prescribing drugs drugs over and over again that treat symptoms this is about spurring real healing in the body all right so if you've got an illness an injury get professional medical care but if you're struggling with the normal aches and pains of age and joints and things of that nature that's inflammation in the body give relief factor a try in fact they're so confident in this product they'll offer it to you right now for three weeks for a dollar a day it's called the starter kit what do you have to lose for a dollar a day? Except maybe, finally, hopefully the pain. Go to relieffactor.com and get that starter kit. Relieffactor.com. We'll come back more buy, sell, or hold with Hour 2 in a moment. Hey, we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. If you are listening to us today via a podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review at the podcast platform of your choice, thousands of you have done this already. Thank you. We could always use thousands more because the more of you that do this, I know it's kind of funky, but it, it, I mean, the more we create organically our own positive momentum, the more the algorithms out there that determine whether shows like this sink or swim, uh, they tend to help us uh, find even more momentum. All right. So this is how you can help us. So I get it. Uh, subscriptions aren't cheap. We try to make it as cheap as we can here uh, at Blaze TV. That's why if you go to blazetv.com slash Dace, you can get a discounted subscription right now, including you can watch today's overtime. We're going to talk about this Moody Analytics study that has been uh, pretty right as rain for like over 100 years and predicting the next year's presidential election result. And it's got Trump winning comfortably. Now, I believe it's only been wrong one time in its history. It just so happens to be in 2016 when Trump won. All right, so we're going to talk about that in our overtime today for our Blaze TV subscribers. BlazeTV.com slash Dace if you want to subscribe. But I get it. You know, not everybody's got that kind of discretionary income laying around. That's why we offer you opportunities uh, to access the show in other forms, like a podcast for free. But here's how you can, if you like what we're doing, how you can repay us. Give us those five-star reviews on your podcast platform and, and share that uh, with just about everybody you know. We would be very grateful and appreciative all right also sacrificing a goat to the algorithm gods every week that helps us Indeed. as well and his name is joe boo in case you were wondering 888 thirty three ninety three is the number steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us 
and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. We're going to get back to buy, sell, or hold. This portion of buy, sell, or hold brought to you by Simply Safe. You know, a recent Gallup survey shows Americans worry more about burglary than almost any other crime, more than mugging, more than terrorism, more than car theft and murder. And according to studies, uh, just over 10% of break-ins are planned beforehand. The rest spur of the moment, crimes of opportunity. In other words, they're random. Did you know most break-ins happen between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. in the middle of the day? According to the FBI, the average loss in a burglary is $2,000. That can be hard to recover from, especially when one of these burglaries happens every 13 seconds. And what's crazy is that only one in five homes have home security because most companies really don't make it easy. And that's why at our home, we use Simply Safe. It protects your whole home, every window, room, and door, 24 7 monitoring for just a fraction of the cost. And their police dispatch is up to three and a half times faster because they use video verification. Here's the other thing too. No lengthy contracts, hidden free, hidden fees, or fine print. It's designed to blend right into your home. No wires, no drilling. Even I was able to help my wife put this together. Yes, I said that right. All right. I make the money. If anything needs assembled in the home, you, you take it to her. Okay. So she waits at home for me to bring home the money and then assembles the things that need to be assembled. I... I'm not much of an assembler. I didn't build that. <laughs> it's just not one of my gifts. I'd have to have a dude code conversation. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I like, I'm good at beating up bullies. I'm good at that, but I, I'm, I'm not an assembler, okay? If, I couldn't be an Avenger because then I would have to assemble. Uh, ah, was, that a, was that a good dad joke for you? Did you like that? There we go, all right? So uh, Simply Safe has won a ton of awards as well, from CNET to the New York Times, Wirecutter. Uh, prices always fair and honest and around-the-clock monitoring just 15 bucks a month. Would you think your home's worth 15 bucks a month? If it's not, maybe get a different home, okay? Uh, visit simplysafe.com slash truthbombs right now. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. Try it for two months, risk-free. 60 days, all right? Simply Safe, S I M P L I, safe.com. Simplysafe.com slash truth bombs. 60 day risk free trial right now with a money back guarantee and free shipping if you don't like it. All right. 60 days. Simplysafe.com slash truth bombs. Aaron. All right. Uh, moving on with buy, sell, or hold. Colt Single Action says LeBron James will be invited to CPAC to speak before Steve Day says <laughs> bye. Oh, that's great. Hey, he's got, hey, the, the things, who doesn't coming want to see back in front of the things coming out of his brain, right? Uh, that's a buy. Yeah. Uh, but uh, listen, buy, sell, or hold. Kim Jong-un, well, that's an easy buy. I mean, the current uh, guy running CPAC is a huge, is a fanboy. So that would be the, whenever a Republican president is in charge, they're running CPAC. So um, uh, yeah, he's a fanboy. So that's an easy one. Uh, Ronan Farrow. Bye. Oh yeah. Even this, uh, even this uh, reprinting of the uh, uncorroborated uh, Kavanaugh allegations. Think he still gets invited before I do? Oh yeah. This whole in my egress window in my maze and blue man cave right now, there is a dead toad. I don't know how it happened. All right, he's like lodged in between the well, the window and the screen. Well, probably okay? died. Okay. Yeah. All right. Does that get invited to speak at CPAC oh, yeah. before I do? Yes. Because this whole meme is proof. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, this is like the uh, Dos Equis guy. Sometimes the low-hanging fruit 
is the best fruit. <laughs> I really want to create a uh, confirmed CPAC 2020 graphic with a dead toad on it. Nice. Uh, we're going to move on to John Hensley. Project Veritas videos of CNN told us absolutely nothing we didn't already know about CNN. Bye. Uh, bye. bye. But I don't, I don't think that makes him less impactful. Nope. No. I mean, hey, did you know the Gambino crime family was Murder Incorporated? Did you know that? Yes. Before before the the FBI surveillance and the U.S. Attorney's Office cool. under Robert Mueller at the time, by the way, before they they caught him on surveillance saying they were Murder Incorporated, did you already know yeah. this? Well, this is the difference between all the NFL players you've been told hit a woman before and the Glenn Glenn um, not Glenn. Oh, you're talking about Ray the, Rice Ray video Rice. where you see yeah. him actually hit the woman, and right. instantly everyone's like, "Yeah, that that guy's got to pay." Right. So no, it doesn't tell us anything we don't already know, but it is still very stark to yeah. hear them just openly cop open up and and cop to it at the exact same time. It's impactful, no doubt. Yep. Uh, Lovey Smith's beard says the Joker will win no Oscars. Oh, I predicted that in last week. Bye. 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 Yeah. Bye. Yeah. I think a better, a tougher buy seller hold. Will it be nominated? Oh, that's what I. Me? That's actually what I said. It won't even be nominated. Yeah, I think that's a tougher buy seller hold. Yeah. I mean, somehow it's below seventy percent right now on Rotten Tomatoes, and there's a whole lot of people in that make up that score that vote in 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 uh, in that academy. And in, so, in I mean, it, it's mostly ridiculous, and it's mostly going to be because of wokeism. But there is one thing: the pendulum swung too far. The other way, it's it's brilliant. I don't think it's like a brilliant A plus movie. It's a really good movie, but I don't think it was transcendent in any way. I agree with you. I I, I think his performance was tremendous. I'm not even sure it's better than Heath Ledger's performance, by the way. But but he was he was given a more defined character to portray. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and and so in many respects, I think Joaquin Phoenix had the diff, more difficult task because a you're coming after Heath yeah. Ledger's incredible performance, and then b you've got to you've got to exhibit the descent into the mouth of madness, mm-hmm. which was fully inhabited, you know, with with no backstory to have to fill in in Heath Ledger's case. So um, he had a certain amount of freedom to just let his freak flag fly. That Joaquin Phoenix could not do that from the first frame of the movie. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you lose the most compelling storyline. How does somebody become like this, right. right? His performance is a force of nature. The movie in it itself, I don't think is that great. I think it's okay. I think it's it, good. Oh, it's better than that. It's really good. It it's has, just some, not- has some plot holes, you know, like the cops who never follow up, you know, when they think a guy is involved for murder and they just don't bother. And, and he, he literally just gets away with walking away into the hospital to check on his mommy. Like, I mean, there's, there's, there's several plot holes like that in the movie. All right. But his performance in terms of forcing you to truly understand what nihilism really is when you let it come out and play and you get beyond the slogans and we get down to brass tacks, that in and of itself is a force of nature. All right, uh, moving on. Kyle Miller says an economic downturn will do more to derail the woke train than anything Republican leaders do. Hashtag first world problems. I can kind of see what he's getting at there. Yeah, the avocado there. toast is more expensive. Yeah. Yeah, the, my, the pro- my, the problem my Lincoln is that, navigators yeah. more expensive, the, you know. The problem is they're going to blame all of that on capitalism yes. and then ask for something terrible to fill in the void. Yeah, yes, which is also true, but he's, he's no. right. He's right about that. The Republican Party is no threat to these people on any level. Yeah, you None. had me at anything Republican leaders do. Yeah. That's where you had They're me. just not. You know, and so if you're voting for the Republican Party because you think something righteous is going to occur, I hate to tell you, you you're, you're, you're you literally just might take whatever plastic card you have in your wallet right now, 
that is your debit card or a credit card and, and whatever cash is in there, put it in a toilet and flush it. I, I, Here comes another okay. strongly worded letter. Will you not give the people hope, Steve? Yeah, no, Will you so, not? So it, it, the reason you vote Republican is you just, you put them in f- between you and them. You, you just, it, it's, it's just like, you know what? I can't get this kid to mind. So if I, if, if I put it in another sandbox with other kids who don't mind, maybe they'll not mind together and leave me the hell alone. Or I can have some peace and quiet sitting on this park bench while they're going Lord of the Flies over there. That's the reason to do it. That's the reason to do it is you, you just you you vote Republican uh, for the same reason that Iranian mothers uh, dress their twelve year old boys up to walk minefields in the Iran Iraq War to be fodder. I mean, they were just there to walk mines and set, and have their sons discover the mines before Irani, the Iranian troops gloriously sent by Allah found them. That's what you're doing. You're, you're, you're voting Republican so that they blow up instead of you. That, that's what you're doing. But understand, you're not advancing on any front here. All right. Joshua Danielson says, some covers are better than the original songs. Totally buy. I buy. Yeah. I think um, the, uh, is it the Ataris? Are they the ones that did the, the cover of Boys of Summer from Don Henley? Is that what I'm thinking of? Not sure. Okay. That would be an example of a song. That I think is better uh, I think than the original. This one okay. is really going to piss you off, Steve. But in my life, by Johnny Cash, I think it's a far superior song than the Beatles' original version. I don't disagree with you, actually. I'm, I'm really? with you on that. Okay. I actually, you know what? I'm going to go off the board here. I think David Lee Roth's version of California Girls is better than the Beach Boys' version, which uh, that a lot of people might call that a dude foul. But I'll own that. I think his version is better. I think. Um, there was a who did the the update of um, Michael Jackson's Smooth Criminal? Oh, Alien Ant Farm. That's better than the original by far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what I about agree. Uh, Weezer's uh, Weezer's um, Africa is better than Toto's? I got to sell on that. Just Toto's like a classic. I've got Johnny Cash's Hurt. Yep. Over uh, nine inch nails. Over nine inch nails. Yeah. Well, that's an easy and buy. Here's one. You say, anything, anything is better than nine inch nails. Yeah. Like literally anything. <laughs> nine like, inch, like, nine like inch nails are better a, than taking nine a inch nine nails. inch nail yeah. in a sensitive region <laughs> is better than nine inch na- nine inch nails. And yes. here's one that you're gonna think is impossible because I thought it was gonna be impossible, but I, I believe it. And if you argue against it, I get it. But I, I, I this the sound of silence by Disturbed oh, over yeah. the original, and that the original is brilliant i couldn't believe it i still remember the time in my car like four years ago when they said oh disturbed never heard of them mm-hmm. uh and this was somewhat of a departure i guess they're really metal i mean i it's it was a transcendent for me musically to hear that i they they did it yeah i think yep. josh is onto something we've we've, we've each so. cited several examples where we agree with that yep. yeah uh, Chris Roman says, sadly, the only way revival will occur is something catastrophic happening that will take away the safety of people's idolatry. I'm, 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 I'm going to sell because of one word only. Yep. It, theologically, I think revival, it comes from providence, not from us. And so I am, I'm always going to err on the side of caution when I'm asked to limit what I think God will do. In, in his own sovereignty. Do I think, based on, Chris, which you articulate, that that's why the odds are lower? Yeah, I do. And history indicates that. I just, I would be very hesitant to make a, 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 um, a, a defined pronouncement on how I think God will act 
in such an area. So that's why I'm going to sell. Which is exactly why I was going to sell. But then the end of that is a general enough and basically nails what has to happen. No matter what specific thing happens, it's going to become the because the idols come crashing down. It's general enough there that I'll, I'll buy. Yeah, but here's the other thing with that, though, too. You don't typically historically see revivals start on the on a on a on a macro scale and work down to the micro. They typically start the other way around. Yep. From the micro and then ultimately work their way up to the macro. Okay. So I mean, if like for example, if you had you you if you saw revival spark in a in one small group of denominations within the church or sec- sections within a church. It can spread from there. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So not not if you're waiting around for the culture writ large to line up, then the odds are infinitesimal. Okay, but but I can think we're in both and territory because I think something catastrophic can have it happen at that micro that. level. So I think yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. If you think if you're talking about a revival, um, an instant macro revival, he is right that unless you face that kind of a catastrophic thing, but you can get to a macro revival because enough uh, enough micro mm-hmm. takes takes hold if that makes sense okay moving on ryan ben says after receiving the endorsement of alexandria ocasio cortez bernie sanders gained approximately six supporters in iowa sell it when it's too high she has there's zero sway zero so on a national level though how much does the squad move the needle I don't for think, I, or against I, I think Sanders' you're gonna, I, I, war? I think these people largely move the needle for conservative cliques. I, 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 Clicksturbation? Yeah. I, I, think, I think they have more. doesn't mean they don't move the needle in the left at all, but I think more of their influence is, is a, a counterfoil to their, to their opponents on the right than the influence they have on the left. I... I'm going to sell because of the Iowa aspect of things. But this is what I said, remember, months ago, I predicted, man, I think they're going to go with Sanders. And his health problems now, but I needed somebody to fit in for a vacuum that I am certain exists. And this is what I've talked about in the past with 2007, uh, and the Des Moines Register did work, and it turned out that in a blind taste test, everybody over Barack Obama, uh, Hillary, John Edwards, they wanted Dennis Kucinich. Steve's right about the beginning of this show they want the power in the form that they want it and they're they, right now elizabeth warren is promising on her hands and knees i will be the, i will i will say and do and whatever and that's why she's been elevated she's not independent at all but they he's the real deal it's what it looked like and i don't I, he's not going he's also just not going to go away he's not going to flame out no, he's and not die gonna go away, he, he, um, he is, and he can continue he, to influence he's flaming out Oh, I don't th- see. That's what he's not. I think he's done as a candidate. No, I, 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 absolutely, I do. No, I'll, as a candidate I'll, who can win. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but that's it. Not a candidate though who can influence. What, what influence does he have with Elizabeth Warren already having all of his positions and being the leader? What influence do you have? Because if he decides he's going to start instead of them holding hands on these things, start ta- tearing her down as a false idol, and I'm the real thing. He's it never going to do that. I don't. In a million years. In a million years, the guy's what he, seventy-eight what, years old. What, what is he do, playing for? What, what he's, what you saw him do to Joe Biden, which I told you guys months ago. Yep. Remember, I said I, I, this is this is what the Biden people had, were had to worry about. He'll do it to eventually. Her too. Bernie's going to do that. He's never going to do it to her. Yeah, I think he will. And now I do think they could have had an influence um, had they done this for Bernie Sanders six or seven months ago. You know, 
um, when he was the national leader in their polls before Biden was all the way in, yeah. if they had done it then, and 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 because now that he's flailing and Elizabeth Warren is surging, all of their intersectionality street cred here is blown up. Meaning, if they had come in behind him right then, before there was an obvious counter to him his agenda, and before Joe Biden got into the race, I, I could see that that could have helped him. But I think it's 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 too late. It's it's too late now. There's. How many people are on that stage? 12? 14? How many? It was, was it 12? There's still a lot of time and a lot of people to sort through. This isn't even close to done. I think he's been sorted through. I don't disagree with you on that last part. He has been sorted through. He's, he's been weighed, measured, and found wanting. You're polling in single digits in the state that you won, and we're only a couple of months away from the two, three months away here. You're, you're done. He's been sorted through. I agree that there's others to be sorted with. I agree with that. Yeah. All righty. Uh, Jacob Hibbard says, on resume and field performance alone, LSU should be ranked Hi. number one. No other team can match their wins thus far. I, I, I buy. They've been my number one team. Every week I have put in my ballot except for one. Um, and uh, when, when, when I had Auburn there for the same reasons. But if you look at their total body of work, LSU should be number one. And that it's actually, I don't think it's even much what of are, a debate. What are they ranked right now? Third or fourth? They're ranked second. LSU's second right mm-hmm. now? Behind oh. Alabama, yeah. Well, they're just, I was thinking they were a little lower right now. They're but behind it, a team named Alabama. That's yeah. really, because if you look at resumes, it's not comparable. Uh, I don't argue that, but I, I will sell because just of the nature of how things are, and we have a blue blood. They're, they're certainly a blue blood, but right now Alabama and Clemson are more blue blood than them. So I'll tell you this, though. If I'm LSU, I love, if, if I'm Ed Orgeron, the LSU oh, coach, yeah. I love that. Just, do not make me number one. I want to go into yep. that Alabama game where I want to play that disrespect card. Agreed. I don't want Nick Saban playing that against me. Exactly. Because the worst thing that could happen to LSU is you get put number one right before you're going to Tuscaloosa to play them. Do not give Nick Saban... Look what Nick Saban yeah. does when he makes up stuff to be mad about. When you give him actual stuff, yeah. like a couple of years ago, they did not belong in the playoff. They had no top 25 wins, didn't win their own division. They just got in because they were, everybody knows how good their players are and they're named Alabama. Well, uh, you, Saban used that. And people might hate yep. Urban Meyer yep. more than Nick Saban. Yeah, and then too, people use that. It, 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 he used that yeah. and they went out there and won the national championship. Yeah. Okay. Do not give Nick Saban an ax to grind. He's the greatest axe grinder in the history of college football. So if I'm LSU, I don't want to be number one. I don't want to be number one before mm-hmm. I go play that game in Tuscaloosa. I, I've had a dude code or a dude code, a dude crush, man crush, whatever, on Coach O ever since he's uh, been coaching LSU. Nerdabota! Exactly. Yeah! Exactly. He's a crazy son of a gun. All right, top 20 Halloween scary movies. We'll begin at number 20, a reminder on lists. If you buy, you mean, it means you agree with the general ranking of the thing at hand. If you sell, you don't agree with it or don't even think it should be on the list. And if you hold, you just have no intestinal fortitude. That's basically what it is. Number 20, The Blair Witch Project. I'm fine with it there. It's not as it's, it doesn't hold up. I watched it like last Halloween with one of my daughters, but given what it sparked and what it was at the time, I'm fine with it being in the all time top 20. I have seen it and I'm sure there's a lot of these I'm not going to have seen, but I'll, so I'll, I will buy at this point. Number 19 ghostbusters, the 84 version. It's not a scary movie. So it's a comedy, yeah, a Halloween movie. Halloween slash scary movie. Okay. Uh, you know, then okay. Okay, that's something you'd actually watch oh, with your kids. Well, if it's a okay, Hall- if you're looking at it that way, okay, I'll buy. Yeah. That, 
Then I'll sell because that, that needs to be higher if it's an all-time classic. And then if that's a good point, too. Yeah. All right. Uh, number 18, this is a movie I've never heard of, The Craft. Oh, sell. It's not that good. It's just an, it, that was when you and I were younger. It's just, you know, hot girls our age when we were in high school and college trying to be witches. The movie's terrible. No. The chicks are just hot. Sell. Number 17, Young Frankenstein. I mean, that's, that, that would be a classic along the lines of Ghostbusters. You're talking about Mel Brooks, Gene Wilder in his prime. Um, so hmm. they've got the craft ahead of Ghostbusters? Mm-hmm. <laughs> LeBron James do this from his brain? His very good brain. Yeah. Steve just reached his I hate list moment yeah. right there. Okay, like so this is my new benchmark. I'm going to buy, but now every movie after this has to be better than Young Frankenstein. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll actually seen it, but this seems misplaced. I'll sell. All right, number 16, Rosemary's Baby. Bye. All-time classic. One of the greatest final scenes in cinematic history, although the guy who did the movie is a complete perv who should spend the rest of his life in prison, Roman Polanski. I'll buy. All right, number 15, Halloween, 1978. Bye. Bye. The probably the greatest of, the of all the slasher yeah. flicks in terms of the quality of the way the movie is made. Bye. All right, number fourteen, Nosferatu, a Symphony of Horror, um, from the silent film era. Yeah, era. 1922. Yeah, um, I and mean, you could. You, it's hard to watch it today, but for what it did to audiences at the time and and the legacy that it spawned, I'm okay with it being there. Oh, I'll buy. Look at dropping some knowledge bombs on the silent film era. I'll buy on that alone. Well done. Uh, number 13, this is going to sound out of place. Uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, so. So. I can't stand that kind terrible. of stop anim- motion animation yeah. crap anyway. So. Yeah. Uh, hey, you think that's, if you think that's better than Young Frankenstein, honestly, go, you know, go shop in Beijing with, with LeBron. You're a moron. <laughs> uh, number 12, Poltergeist, 82. Um, uh, I'll buy. I'll buy. Yeah. Um, it definitely belongs on the list. Might be a little bit high. By the way, the stories of what happened to most of the members of that cast after the movie. Have you guys followed? Yeah, up? that's some creepy stuff right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number eleven, the nineteen ninety one version of the Adams Family. Sell. So. Sell. So, if you think that's better than Young Frankenstein, yeah. you you probably should be I beaten in a Turkish what prison. I meant by yeah. misplaced. Something yeah. felt wrong. Yeah. yeah. Number ten, The Shining. You're Bye. telling me there's nine better than this. So this is the new benchmark now. Because this is an all-time yep. classic. Okay, I mean, this is one of the greatest horror films. Some would say the greatest horror film ever made. Um, with a Joaquin Phoenix-like performance from Jack Nicholson, where you watch the diva. In fact, I would go so far as to say this is, what Phoenix did is the greatest uh, performance of a deconstruction of the human soul we have seen since Jack Nicholson taught us that all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, okay? In The Shining. So... I'll buy because it belongs in the top 10, but I'm really dubious you're come up with nine movies I better than this. I didn't even think of that that parallel. That is actually a really good comparison. Yeah, I just thought Jack of it like Nils- a minute ago. Yeah, Jack yeah. Nils- Nicholson and Joaquin Phoenix, Joker to Jack uh, Torrance. Talk yeah. about a movie with moments that, you remember that, um, just that Spielberg movie like three years ago um, about video games, uh, Re- Ready Player yeah, One, yeah. and it had that scene and from there. And that's the best scene in the whole movie. Oh, but yeah. we're watching it as a, as a family and Mike, yeah. my, my daughter at the time was 12 10 maybe too young to see that movie. when that yeah. when that scene came on she's like daddy what's happening i mean it, yeah. we had to like she, she protect her from it it was amazing that that had you're, it speaks daddy. to what you're talking about the daddy cr- boy yeah. yeah yeah the 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 scene with the elevator hallway yeah, yeah that one oh, yeah man. 
Oh, that's terrible. Um, number nine, Sleepy Hollow. No way that movie's better than The Shining. It's well done. And it's one, you know, I love that Washington Irving story. It's one of the Johnny uh, Depp version from 1999 with Christina yep. Ritchie. Mm-hmm. It's well done. But if, if, you th- mm. again, if you think that movie's better than The Shining, I, I, honestly, um, try Honduras. It's nice this time of year. You're, yeah. you're a moron. You're an idiot. I don't know what to tell you. So, Number eight, Carrie. If you think Carrie is better right. than The Shining, again. That's the problem we're having. Yeah, you right. ought to be caned in Singapore in public. Yeah. Uh, number seven, A Nightmare on Elm Street. It, it's it, First of all, that movie's not even better than Halloween. Okay? So, See, I was worried about that. And Johnny Depp's in that one, that too. One too. Uh, again, if you think that's better than The Shining, I don't know what to tell you. You've been lobotomized. we're about to get out to... Uh, Friday the Thirteenth, and those aren't better than Halloween. Uh, no, so, no. Um, I mean, that, that, in fact, that's cause for um, yeah. uh, solitary a confinement. Yeah. A lot of selling. Uh, number six, The Silence of the Lambs. Bye. Not better than The Shining. It's a great movie. Not better than The Shining. I, I agree, but at least we're in. A, we can have a conversation. Agreed. With these I'm not. Two, I'm not so. like morally offended. Yeah, okay. I mean that. I remember. I, I don't. Do you remember seeing that film for the yes, first time? I, and I was like, I do. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. One of those movies you never want to watch again. Uh, number five, Hocus Pocus. What? Isn't that like a kid's movie? Yeah. I mean, like a really like G kid's movie? Yes. And it's cute. Okay, but if you, if, yeah, if you think that's better than The Shining, then I mean, I, I get spayed and neutered. <laughs> Number four, Psycho. Okay. This is tough. It's not as Psycho. Can buy. The Shining's a better movie, Correct. but in terms of historical significance, yeah, yep. this one's hard to argue against. So I'll, I'll buy it. Okay. Yep. Uh, Number three, The Omen. Uh, here's that's now this is a go. tough call i was wondering if, where this was going to be on the list this movie in a lot of the summer movie stuff that you see in the merchandising it wasn't invented by star wars it was actually invented by this movie uh that came out the summer before lucas was going to release star wars and he saw what 20th century fox was doing with this movie he's like i want i want a piece of that action okay um this is another all-timer um i'll be fascinated to see if there's two movies better than this one so i'm definitely buying yeah, for sure. I agree it belongs in the top three horror films of all time. I agree. Oh, bye. And I'm guessing The Exorcist is going to be number one. Um, so I'm wondering what number two is. Yep. This one's actually going to be really hard. Uh, number two is It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Well, you know, okay. I'm okay with that. I mean, because it's, it's an overall Halloween thing. It's an all, That's an all-time classic. I mean, I wouldn't write it ahead of The Shining or The Omen. But in terms of its quality, it's way ahead of like Hocus Pocus, uh, for Hocus, example. Yeah. And it is... From a childhood perspective, it's iconic. It's yes. absolutely. I mean, if, if you would look in the TV guide yeah. every year. When yeah. is that on? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So I'm okay with it. All right. And number one is The Exorcist. Uh, easy number one. I mean, it it still is like the the greatest Catholic church recruitment tool in like the last 300 years of the church. The amount of people that 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 got confirmed in the church after this movie. And you want to talk about similar to Poltergeist, what went on on the set and what happened to people that were involved in that movie after it was made. You know, there about, um, about a dec- 20 years ago, they came out with like a anniversary edition with a documentary. The documentary I'm telling you is it's scarier than the movie because this stuff actually happened to people's lives, you know? So yeah, it, the exorcist has to be number one. It's, you know, it's the Lord of the Rings of horror. Are you okay with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll come back. Daniel Horowitz is going to take us inside politics next.
Hey, let's talk about the holidays. Those family photos that we love to take this time of year are just around the corner. Trust me, though, you don't want to go through another holiday season with those creepy closed mouth photos while everyone else is grinning ear to ear. So getting a photo ready smile starts now and it's easier than ever with clear aligners from Candid. Candid's aligners can help straighten your teeth faster than traditional wire braces. Treatment takes just six months on average. An experienced orthodontist who is licensed in your state will create for you a custom treatment plan. Then they'll show you a 3D preview so you can see how your teeth will look after they're done. Candid's aligners are comfortable, removable, and completely invisible as well. So no stigma there. Uh, for the kids when they go to school. Candid ships your aligners directly to you, so there's no hassle of going to an orthodontist office. And Candid costs about 65% less than braces as well. All right, plus with each aligner purchased, Candid donates $25 to Smile Train, who brings safe, 100% free cleft lip and palate treatment to children around the globe. So that's also for a good cause. Get your photo ready, smile ready for the holidays right now. Go to candidco.com slash truthbombs. Candidco, C-A-N-D-I-D-C-O, candidco.com slash truthbombs. You'll get $75 off. 75 bucks off when you go to candidco.com slash truth bombs. Again, $75 off at candidco.com slash truth bombs. Well, we've missed him the past couple of weeks, and now he returns. Our prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz from Conservative Review, here to take us inside politics. Good to see you, my friend. How are you? Hey, Steve, you know what that means. We got to double, triple the degree and dosage of woe and lamentation today. Yes, because you know we've been just uh, pumping the optimism around here without with you gone. You know that. Hey, I want to start with what you talked about on your podcast yesterday about the upcoming 2020 Supreme Court session. And you were highlighting this yesterday with Josh Hammer over at the Daily Wire. Give our audience just a taste of this because I, I, I think this has... If you want to know... A, Forget the issues for just a second. The, the the issues at stake matter greatly. But, you know, in this last election, Daniel, the number two issue people voted on, according to the exit polling, after the economy, was judicial nominations. And Trump won those voters by about 25 points. If, if you're wondering, how is it possible you could see Elizabeth Warren win the presidency next year? Well, what happens if we have a Supreme Court that's, allegedly conservative with a majority of Republican appointees that disappoints us on numerous fronts like you and Josh were predicting yesterday. I mean, that, that that's a killer for one of the prime reelect talking points next year, isn't it? Nope, because Steve, as always, it's more complicated. For every bad thing, there's enough good candy to dangle in front of our audience that will basically ameliorate the pig. Um, and and let, let me explain what I mean. Our thesis was twofold. Number one, we don't have a 5-4 conservative majority. We have a 4-1 to one liberal majority, or you could say 4-2, to two, and then 1-1-1. One, one, one. Um, so a lot of the conservatives aren't really that conservative, and, and they alternate on the issues. That's what's funny. Each one takes turns screwing us, so there's always, you know, one uh, it's kind of like musical chairs. We're always left uh, with without a win in certain cases. That's number one, but number two is that I think they would be okay enough that if you didn't have the lower court supremacy, we'd be okay. The problem is we do, and the problem is 
that define lower court supremacy for audience you mean the supreme court puts out a precedent as the top appellate court and these lower courts like we don't care we're going to do whatever we want to screw to, to impose our will anyway is that what you're saying yeah so basically the supreme court creates a novel right and we're told that there's nothing you and i could do 50 states could do or the other two federal branches could do that is god's law for mount sinai that's what we are told yet in comes the lower courts and and ironically the only ones that should be bound by the supreme court there are the inferior courts and they're like hey hold my beer like screw that you know we're gonna do what we want here's the deal you could always be more progressive than Supreme Court precedent. I mean, what do you think Obergefell overturned a nine to zero opinion from 1979 for the first time in American history, uh, overturning a unanimous opinion? That they they always do that, and the lower courts even do that now. So, for example, remember earlier this week, you might have seen an El Paso, Texas district judge says Trump can't use DOD funding for a wall. Well, everyone was like, "Hey, did, didn't the Supreme Court just throw that out?" Well, yeah, but that was that was like in Arizona and California. So this is a little different piece of geography. They just said, hey, I'll come back for more. So what I mean by lower court supremacy is that the Democrats could take a national, international issue, borders, public charge, um, whether it's life, election law, you name it, certainly immigration, to any district judge in New York and California. And this is important because everyone talks about, well, Trump is appointing better lower court judges. But there's still plenty of of these radicals in many places where they want to go um, and they can just go one place and boom, we're done. Well, maybe we'll get overturned by the Supreme Court. Well, often takes a long time. And even when it doesn't, well, guess what? They just come back for more in a slightly different case. There is no stigma against being more progressive than a Supreme Court president, whereas even the best conservative lower court judge will never directly challenge um, a Supreme Court president that he disagrees with. So here's the punchline. What happens is the panoply of cases that come before the Supreme Court, by the time they come to the Supreme Court, and by definition, the fact that they're coming to the Supreme Court, it means it's built on such a radical predicate from one of these radical judges. So then you get the John Roberts problem. Well, Steve, what do you do if you have 10 court cases? One is Steve Dace needs to get a sex change operation. One is Steve Dace needs to be able to vote five Sundays before every election. One is that everyone in Somalia has a right to immigrate. Now, typically, even if you're not a conservative, but if you follow the law— I know what you just said is very funny, but these are actual all arguments. No, you know, they they really are. So forget about being right or left. If you are a sane judge— on the Supreme Court, you would have to overturn the lower courts on every single one of them. In comes John Roberts' scorecard. He he sits there with his scorecard, and he's like, hey, look, these are big hot-button issues. I mean, I gave the right what I'm doing on this issue. I, I can't look like I'm always siding with them. But And again, explain to our audience court, why he cares about that. What, what does that matter? Because what will happen, and this was even talked about in the um, legal blogs throughout last term, they talked about this potential for a clean sweep in the Supreme Court. And for good reason, because it wasn't like we were going on offense, meaning we were trying to strike down their stuff. They were trying to strike down stuff on novel grounds, and it was just insane. So guess what? Robert sided with us on some. But we paid for it in the census case where his biographer, who writes for CNN, 
um, believes that he switched his vote midway. And that's my concern. You have DACA. Trump is not allowed to follow immigration law. He must follow Obama's usurpation. Transgenderism is in Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Um, illegals could, you know, you could aid and abet illegal aliens even though you can't aid and abet other crimes. I could go on and on. Every one of these things is not even close. But I think we all understand that Roberts is going to find some nuanced way to screw us on one or another. Then you got a bunch of death penalty criminal justice cases, which are very common, where Gorsuch is libertarian as anything. And, and he, he, he thinks you're basically not allowed to convict anyone. Um, and then Gore, and Kavanaugh also is kind of a little bit like Roberts, especially because of the personal um, hit that he took to his reputation as a fair-minded judge. To, to you and I, these are insane cases, but to D.C., these are 50-50 issues. In fact, in the case of DACA, it's 95-5. Every Republican supports it politically. Um, so they're going to feel they, – they feel this uh, complex against being aggressive because most people don't follow the cases until they come to the Supreme Court and they don't realize how they got there. So this is just all a long way of explaining prepare to be very disappointed. Hmm. Is there, because I want to make sure we have enough time to get into foreign policy while you're here as well, but as a quick follow-up to this, is there a possibility that the court would really screw us on an issue our base cares about next year with the election going on and, and having judges and judicial appointments being one of the major issues of contention between the two candidates? They did already. I mean, what do you think the census case was? I mean, um, Gorsuch screwed us on. I mean, the, the pro-criminal stuff he had last term gutting the law against uh, uh, possession of firearms of an illegal alien, um, a number of novel criminal justice things he created. No one ever heard of it. Um, in, instead, what people are going to hear of is inevitably the cases they rule properly, which, again, they're not victories. I mean, Steve, if I say that you need to get a sex change operation and then you get it to the Supreme Court and they're like, yeah, it's kind of close, but I don't think you really need to. Five, four. Is that a win? And, th and then even then they come back in two years and win anyway. They do it again. That's what I'm saying. But what what our base is going to hear is, I will tell you, Steve, we are going to win a majority of the cases. That that I could tell you. Let's get to foreign policy. So you've been gone the last couple of weeks. We were all set for you and I to have the, a, a rare lover spat in 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 public. Typically, is only reserved for our private text chains. All right, but I maybe you disagree. I find the entire argument we were going to have about what to do with the Kurds and northern Syria, mm -hmm. I find the whole thing irrelevant now because the entire basis that you would have used to justify this move, <laughs> I, I think when you turn around at 24 hours later and say, but we're going to send our troops, including special forces, 400% more of them to defend Mecca. Um, I don't, I, to me, I just think whatever, whatever, whatever conversation and debate was worthy of having about Syria policy from a larger narrative which you and I do agree on that enough of being the mall cop of the Middle East. I, I don't know why to me that debate is moot at this point. Do you agree or disagree with that? Boy, I hate this issue. As you well know, I hate it because, you know, I wrote ever since my Fox news op-ed September, 2013, let Allah sort out the Islamic civil war and civil in, in Syria. I've been relentlessly consistent. So if Obama would do something that would help that thesis, I would, I would agree with it. You, you know, even though it was Obama, 
Trump, likewise, I've been very consistent. I've been very consistent about what we should and shouldn't do, that there's a number of soft power homeland security, but also soft power um, tools that we need to be using that we would look very tough so the pullouts wouldn't make us look weak and it would shield us from those problems while also benefiting our position of not helping one side of an Islamic civil war, which in the case of Syria very much benefited Russia, Iran, Hezbollah, and the IRGC. Um, that has always been my position. It's still my position today. So you can imagine when Trump announces this, I'm in a very tough position because I don't want to sound like a jerk sure. or suddenly you know, not take yes for an answer. Look, we said I took a bold position on it. He's doing it, and, and I backed it. But what I said is, being pulling out of Syria is different than being tough on Erdogan. The two aren't mutually exclusive, and I gave a blueprint for actually how this will help us against all of our enemies. So real briefly, the problem with Syria was everyone's into ISIS. ISIS never threatened us except that we let in people that subscribe to that ideology to our country. But that's an immigration problem, and once they're into the country, that's an FBI problem. I mean, it's not a military issue. There's nothing you can do about that. Um, what They were Iran's problem. They were Assad's problem. They were Russia's problem. We went in and for free held down the Sunni insurgency, and they were like, hey, Iran is so powerful. Well, yeah, gee, we, we did that. And even now, I understand people are watching, oh, they're killing Kurds, but Russia and Iran are like, holy heck, we got a problem. So it's not all bad news. I think the thesis will work out. The problem is when today Trump's like, you know, the PKK, the Kurds are possibly a bigger problem than ISIS. So, I mean, that's the thing. Look, I'll be the first to tell you that I don't think we should champion the PKK in, in, in the Syrian Kurds, who, by the way, are different than the Iraqi Kurds. Which I've pointed out um, to my audience numerous yeah, times. Yeah, but they're communists and they do engage in terrorism, but they don't, they certainly don't threaten us, <laughs> you know, whatever. I've been criticizing Trump since 2017 that he's been too weak on Erdogan. But again, that has nothing to do with our soldiers in there dealing with a five-way dispute because now Russia has to deal with them. So being weak on Turkey is actually being strong against Russia. But what he needs to be doing is this. Here's what I would do. Here is what a party that had a soul would do. Steve, this is manna from heaven. That we now have the Democrats in the media saying Erdogan's a Nazi. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I never thought we'd live to, to see such a thing. What I would do is immediately put a bill on the Senate floor to ban Erdogan from funding um, mosques on American soil. This man bankrolls Care Ikna, Isna, the Muslim Brotherhood. That is where he's a threat. I believe Erdogan's a very big problem. I always have. But if you believe he's a problem in Syria, then by a factor of a million, he's a problem on our soil. And this is what this is where I have problems with everyone being intellectually dishonest. Rubio and Romney and the neoconservatives that are very into we have to have troops there because suddenly Erdogan. But yet Let's take in thousands of foreign students and green cards from Turkey. Let's have Erdogan fund mosques, the largest mosque in North America, in my home state, in Prince George's County, Maryland, where he was at the groundbreaking. I bashed Obama for being at the groundbreaking with him. Where the hell were all these people? So that's the thing. It's not just a matter of Trump. Nobody, the Democrats, the rhinos, and Trump, they're all discombobulated on this. Steve, that's why we need a new party. Very, very well said. Always good to talk to you, my friend. Good to have you back. We'll do it again next week. All right. Take care. See you later. You bet.
Daniel, brought to you by our friends over at Riduzone. If you're struggling to meet your weight loss goals, give Riduzone a shot because one of the very difficult things about losing weight is getting your cravings and portion sizes under control, particularly because your body was made to crave and conserve calories. It's only been a recent thing in human history that food was readily available to mass populations. And so now that you're trying to cut back, yet your body is conditioned to not want to. So what do you do about that? Well, thankfully, your creator puts something in your body. Uh, it's a molecule called OEA. It just sends a signal from the belly to the brain to let it know when the belly is full, you're done, don't need to eat anymore, and the brain will then do its metabolic thing from there. But if you've been kind of running over that speed bump, eventually, you know, the bump gets leveled off with the road, you don't notice it anymore. And that's where Riduzone comes in. It just wants to boost your OEA with more OEA. That's all that it is. That's why it's gluten-free, vegan-friendly, FDA accepted. It's not loaded with chemicals, additives, preservatives, caffeine, stimulants. It's just OEA to help your body naturally get back into uh, portion control, craving control. If you want to give this a shot, try it for three months with 30% off using my name, Steve, as a promo code. Steve is the promo code at riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E for riduzone.com. Gentlemen, have any thoughts about the conversation we just had with uh, Daniel Horowitz? If that Robert's checklist thing that Daniel was talking about is even remotely true, like I, that was a moment for me. I, that is such utter nonsense. John Marshall, one of the founding fathers of uh, the court, uh, the federal courts. Uh, it was very important to him to get to unanimity, if unanimity, unanimity, if you could, because that's a job. Call balls and strikes. And B, if somebody was off the reservation, when you knew he really, or she, well, he at the time, you knew he really meant it. Mm -hmm. This you. You have no idea what anybody really means with this 5-4 nonsense in terms of actual jurisprudence. Right. This is all fake news. And John Roberts is clearly at the head of making it more fake than ever. That was just appalling. Yeah, my, my analysis is um, a little bit more nuanced than that. Uh, and it goes like this. Uh, letting the days go by, let the water hold me down. Letting the days go by, water flowing underground. Same as it ever was, same as it ever was, <laughs> same as it ever was, same as it ever was. I mean, I don't know. We've dialed it up to 11, 11 times in the last week, as far as in the last year, whenever. We, we dialed this up to 11 every single conversation with, with Daniel. And it seems like we are irrevocably screwed, but there's still some sliver of hope where we could just do, you know, seemingly minor things to, to maybe, you know, uh, change the way, the ch you know, change some, some large policy. But th it seems like every single issue, every single issue, it always comes back to the courts. And we're always, re always relying on those nine justices. And until that changes, we're going to keep having Daniel on and we're going to keep getting pissed off again. But he, the president tells us the Kurds who fought with us to defeat ISIS oh, no. is, are worse than ISIS. I know. That, that's insane. I, I don't know what else to tell you. That's insane. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.